Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 169 of the podcast that is Sweeping America, the Aratora Sports Podcast. What a couple weeks it has been. Last week, a week ago from today, Monday, last chance used Jason Brown joined the show. Coach Brown was awesome. We talked about his time at Independence. We talked about what went wrong. We talked about whether he wants to continue coaching. Just an incredible interview for a guy that I think is dynamic, interesting, fascinating. And then we followed it up later in the week. Former Kentucky Wildcat, current Miami Heat forward, Tyler Hero. Talked about his time at Kentucky. Talked about... Uh, Summer League, why he was so successful. Talked about how hard it was to leave Kentucky. By the way, that quote made uh, made some national headlines. It was on Barstool and a couple other places. So Tyler Hero and Jason Brown last week, no guests today. By the way, at some point I got to get Nick Coffey back. He's been on vacation. I think he and I, we've been texting a lot, hoping to get him on sometime in the next few weeks to kind of talk about football, talk about all the basketball stuff. So Nick Coffey will be joining me here at some point in the very near future. I am riding solo today. A lot of great topics. It's funny because two or three weeks ago I said, okay, basketball's done, we're not going to have anything to talk about, and we're going to switch over to football, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to talk all basketball today, because I do think there's a couple interesting topics. Last week, I hit on the um, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. I hit on Dale and Terry committing to Arizona, why I like Sean Miller's recruiting philosophy. Today, a couple topics. One, Zion Williamson, his shoe deal is official. So Zion had agreed to go with Jordan Brand before I taped last episode. I wanted to wait for the money because I thought it would prove a point that I've been making, which is that college basketball made Zion tens of millions of dollars, so the money is now out. Zion is not only one of the highest paid rookies in the history of the shoe game, but he's one of the highest paid Nike athletes, period, which is absolutely incredible to think about. So we'll talk about Zion's shoe deal. We'll also talk about R.J. Hampton's shoe deal. R.J. Hampton, of course, the kid that's going to Australia, he signed with an international brand in China called Li Ning. Um, and I got a lot of, oh, <laughs> I guess this proves you were wrong on R.J. Bar- R.J. Hampton, Torres. No, it doesn't at all. Good for him. Good for that kid getting his money. I'm going to tell you why it's not as big. You know, all the people that are pro, oh, these kids got to go get their money. Well, they're they're kind of, you know, celebrating in the streets. 
uh, because R.J. Hampton got a shoe deal. Well, guess what? Every high school kid that's basically ever gone straight to the pros has gotten a shoe deal. So it's not that big of a deal. I'll explain that. Um, this week, some college basketball futures odds in terms of who to bet to win the national championship came out. I'll talk a little bit about that, who I like, who are the best bets, etc. And I will wrap. Last week, I talked Arizona recruiting. This week, I am going to talk Kentucky recruiting First kid in their class to commit, B.J. Boston, on Saturday morning. Really, really, really good get for Kentucky, and, and really good because it's early in the process. Top 10 player, who I think will be top five in the class before it's all said and done. And now Kentucky can really build their entire recruiting class around him. So we will get to B.J. Boston later. We will get to Futures later. We'll start with Zion and R.J. Hampton. Before we do, I want to remind everybody, please make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Actually, a lot of genuinely exciting news there. For people who don't know, we've always been on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. So if you're listening on iTunes where the vast majority of you are, stay there. You don't have to do anything. Don't move. Don't touch that button. Don't unsubscribe. I mean, if you want to unsubscribe and resubscribe, that's cool. That actually helps. Uh, but stay there. Also, the Podcast Addict feed is back. So for those of you who listen on Podcast Addict through Android, I don't really know what happened, but we kind of got on their behinds, their butts about why is this taking so long to get figured out. So our podcast addict feed is back for those of you on Android. We're also on TuneIn Radio, now also on Spotify. So shout out to the Spotify listeners. You can find us there, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Really excited about that. Basically, wherever you want to listen, you can now listen to this show. So that's the good news. All the different places. Also, please make sure to rate and review the show. Can't lie, we've had some great reviews come in over the last couple days since I last was on this airwaves. Uh, and you'd think, based on how much you guys love this show, that I was making this up. How about this one from Wade the Bear? He says, This is by far my favorite podcast. Aaron is a great sports analyst commentator. Everything he says is right. I swear I did not write this. Uh, he says everything he says is right. He comes at everything with a very fair, unbiased opinion, focuses on the most important sport in the world, college basketball, 100% true, always has great guests, but I only tune in to hear his opinion, not the guests, subscribe or die. That is the passion that I need from every listener of this show. So shout out to Wade the Bear. Thank you for writing that. Also, we got another one. I don't even know, a lot of numbers and letters. It starts with Y-U-B, and he says... Most every podcast somehow includes a guest I'm super interested in hearing, no complaints, and an easy listen. Well, YUP, not to be confused with Y2K, no guest today, but your boy Torres is riding solo. But I want to thank everybody who has been chiming in, giving us ratings and reviews. It really does help. I know it sounds corny every time that I ask that I'm pandering to you guys. It really, really does help, though. A lot of really exciting things going on as we kind of stay with basketball, but we're going to get to a little more football as we get towards the fall. A lot of good guests coming up. Really excited. So thank you guys for that. Thank you for the ratings and reviews. Thank you for subscribing. Also, make sure the Aaron Torres Podcast Instagram page, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast. Make sure you're subscribed there. We are picking up new followers left and right. And like I said, I'll be doing even more as we get closer to basketball season, closer to football season, and there's actually things to talk about because right now there isn't necessarily a ton. And finally, uh, if you have any questions, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. All right, so let's get into this because 
the big story to me in kind of our neck of the woods, right? NFL camps are open, college football camps are open, but you guys know. I'm not, I'm not going to come on this show and talk about Odell Beckham or uh, uh, Eli Manning's comments. What do they mean? Stay tuned. Like, you know, that's not how I roll on this show. A lot of good people covering the NFL. Look, if something crazy happens in the NFL or as we get towards the Super Bowl, yeah, we'll probably talk a little NFL because everybody wants to talk NFL around the Super Bowl. Not going to talk a ton of that. The biggest story in what we do, I think, was the Zion Williamson shoe deal. And so we found out middle of last week that Zion was going to sign with Jordan Brand. And I I, I thought about talking about it last week, but I wanted to wait and see if we got the numbers. Because I thought once we got the numbers, it would confirm something that I've believed for a long time, which was the best decision that Zion Williamson ever made was to go to Duke to play college basketball or just simply to play college basketball. And as we get set for this era where potentially the one-and-done rule is gone, I think people are overlooking how much college basketball helped Zion Williamson. So here's the facts for people who don't know. Zion signed with Jordan Brand. I think everybody knows that. This is where it gets interesting. He signed a five-year, $75 million contract. Five-year, $75 million, which means he's getting $15 million a year just to wear a t-shirt and shoes with a Jordan Brand logo on it. A couple interesting notes here. One, it's been reported that he actually turned down more money because he wanted to be a Jordan Brand Nike guy. So you would assume it was either Adidas or Under Armour that offered him even more than $75 million a year. But that $15 million a year, first of all, the $75 million total, second most ever for a rookie entering the NBA. The most was LeBron James got 90. But LeBron signed a much longer contract, and because of it, Zion Williamson's $15 million a year is the the most ever for a rookie shoe deal in all of sports. And I saw this from Darren Ravel, actually. Darren Ravel says that Zion is already among the highest paid athletes annually under the Nike umbrella. He is up there with LeBron, Ronaldo... And I think it was Kevin Durant. I'm trying to remember who was the third guy. I think it was LeBron, Ronaldo, and Kevin Durant. It wasn't Tiger Woods. So I, I forget exactly who it was. I'm going to try and look it up really quick. Please uh, please listen to this elevator music while I uh, look this up. I'm trying to find this article because I think um, – I, I, I can't find the article. Okay, Darren Ravel basically said – it was, here it is, After at five years, 75 million, Zion Williamson, by the way, how'd you like my elevator music? Pretty good, right? He's among the highest paid guaranteed contracts that Nike has handed out, among them, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Ronaldo. So Zion Williamson is already in that insane stratosphere. And if you want to say that LeBron made a little bit more over the course of his rookie contract, okay, but I would also say with Zion a couple things. One, I think the five-year deal is smart. I think shoe companies are much less likely to give long-term deals to young NBA players because you just don't know what's going to happen with them, right? Don't forget, Adidas handed Derrick Rose like a 10-year contract after he won that MVP, and then he tore up his knee like seven different times, and I'm not trying to make light of Derrick Rose, 
But now Adidas, Derrick Rose is this massive sunk cost that they can't get rid of. And so I think because of Zion's weight, because he's a rookie, because he hasn't proven himself, it is a smaller contract. But I would also add this. This is something I brought up on my Fox Sports Radio show, is that the shoe game, the shoe contracts have actually de-escalated. They've gone down as the years have gone on, right? So like I was arguing with my buddy Rob Parker about this. Rob Parker said, well, LeBron signed for 90 in 2003, Zion should have easily hit $100 million. except here's the problem. Shoe deals are actually going down for rookies. I saw, I think it was Ben Simmons, when he was the number one overall pick, I think he signed for like 2 or $3 million a year, which is an insanely no, low number. If you remember last year, DeAndre and Marvin Bagley went with Puma because Puma was the only one willing to spend money on young players. So the fact that Zion Williamson not only got $15 million a year, but that he got it from one of the quote-unquote name brands is an incredible win for Zion Williamson and an incredible win for college basketball. And I don't want to take away from Zion because to be clear, Zion was awesome. I love Zion. I I really, truly, I think he exceeded every logical explanation expectation that anyone could have had coming into college basketball this year and I think even taking out the shoe deal I don't think you can dispute the value that college basketball had on him and what I mean by that is very simple is that if you go back and look and you can do it anyone any of you listening that has an internet connection which I'm pretty sure is everyone go ahead and google way too early 2019 NBA mock drafts because if you look at a mock draft for the 2019 draft that was done a year ago, that was done last summer, last spring, um, last fall, going into last college basketball season, Zion Williamson was not the consensus number one overall pick. He wasn't even the consensus number two overall pick. Most mock drafts had him somewhere in the four to five range. R.J. Barrett was the consensus number one. Most people liked Nasir Little at number two, Cam Reddish at number three, then maybe a Romeo Langford, maybe a Zion Williamson. But simply by coming to college basketball, simply by playing a year of college basketball, in a world where, oh, you got to go get paid, oh my God, life is so tough for these college kids. And you guys know where I stand on this, right? Is like, life isn't that tough. You go to Duke, you go to Kentucky, you go to UCLA, you go to Arizona, you get free housing, free room and board, um, you get uh, you know, tuition for those that are academically inclined. You get unlimited meals, you get unlimited gear, you get, a, get, you get a stipend at the end of every month, you get paid, you actually do get paid as a college athlete. So I don't think college kids have it bad at all. I think the people that say they have it bad don't really realize everything that's given to them. But by simply coming to college, by playing college basketball, Zion Williamson went from about the fourth or fifth pick in the draft to the number one overall pick. And just by playing college basketball, without the shoe deal, we're going to get back to shoe deal in a minute, he made himself about $12 million. I looked it up. Difference between the, the, the first contract of the number four overall pick and the number one overall pick is $12 million. So simply by going to college basketball, he made himself eight figures. People say, well, he could have gone out of, could have gone out of high school and his, his Instagram, he had a million followers on Instagram. And that's what I want to get into with the shoe deal because everyone, you know, when I, I saw the shoe deal and I said, you know, look, this shoe deal did this incredible thing for Zion Williamson. It made him a ton of money. I mean, it literally, Zion Williamson, think about this, just signed his rookie deal, 30, 35 million, whatever it is. Shoe deal, 75 million. That means that Zion Williamson, before he ever plays a single NBA game, 
has made $100 million. And it's incredible. And so I just mentioned the value of going from the fourth pick to the first pick and how much Duke helped him, how Duke put him on a platform, and how he not only met expectations but exceeded him. And by the way, we should give Zion Williamson a lot of credit for that because Zion Williamson was an incredible story this year. He was incredible to follow. He was the best player in college basketball. We all know what happened when he got hurt. Duke completely fell apart. They went 3-3. Three and three. They lost a bunch of games to a bunch of average teams. He comes back. They win the ACC tournament. But in terms of this shoe deal, going to Duke made Zion tens of millions of dollars. And what I mean by that is this. It's exactly what I said. You ask the average fan, well, you know, he had a million Instagram followers before he ever got to college. That's true. You know who else has a million Instagram followers? Some ass model that none of us have ever heard of. There's probably 20 ass models. 20, you know, the Instagram influencer deal is so bizarre to me. But there are a lot of people on Instagram that have a lot of followers that nobody has ever heard of. There's a high school freshman playing high school basketball right now. His name's Mikey Williams. He's from Southern California. He's from San Diego. He's got like 800,000 Instagram followers right now. How many of you sitting in your cars listening or working out at the gym listening, how many of you have ever heard of Mikey Williams before? I just mentioned him. Probably not very many of you. He's got 800,000 followers. So don't tell me that, oh, Zion had a million followers and he would have gotten a great shoe deal coming out regardless. Like, he would have gotten a deal. A lot of guys get deals. RJ Hampton, who we're going to talk about in a minute, got a deal. Darius Baisley got a deal. He didn't even play basketball last year. He wouldn't have gotten this deal, though. And this was the argument that I made all year with Zion in college basketball. Everyone is in such a rush to push the, oh, they deserve, they deserve to get played, to, 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 to go pro right out of high school. First of all, what does deserve even mean? Who deserve, like, like why, does, why does an 18-year-old deserve that? And by the way, if we're going to start making arbitrary rules about when a kid should be able to go pro, why do we have to wait till after high school? If the argument really is a kid should be able to capitalize and monetize, why can't they turn professional whenever a professional team wants to sign them? Happens in baseball. You can sign a professional contract in baseball at 16 years old if you're from another country. European soccer, they start signing players at 8, 9, 10 years old. So if we're going to make the argument that, oh, these kids deserve to be able to go pro, so why do we have to wait till after high school? I've never understood that. Never understood that. But back to Zion, because, yes, he had a million Instagram followers, but please do not tell me that Duke didn't play a role in Zion Williamson getting this contract. Now, Zion Williamson played a role. As I said, he was phenomenal last year, but Duke played a role as well. And I said this throughout the season, and I'll say it here, is that to me, there is a difference between being Instagram famous and being famous famous. And I just mentioned the Instagram models and all that stuff and these, these people that have a million followers on Instagram. And Zion, yes, he built that brand, but there's no doubt that Duke helped that brand. There's no doubt that college basketball helped that brand. There's no doubt, by the way, that the NCAA tournament helped that brand. How, how do you like this for a stat? The Duke-Michigan State game. You can Google this. Go ahead, Google it. I'm right, but you can Google it. 18 million people, 1-8 million, watched the Duke-Michigan State Elite Eight game with Zion Williamson. That is the same number of people who watched NBA Finals Game 6 Raptors Golden State Warriors. So yeah, Zion brought in the audience, but you also can't argue that the platform of college basketball helped Zion Williamson. And so it drives me crazy when all these people, oh, they deserve to go, well... 
college really did help him. By not taking money, and you can fill in the blank about Duke, you know, paying him, whatever. By not taking money as an 18-year-old high school senior, Zion Williamson literally made tens of millions of dollars, at least $12 million just from his rookie contract. And then I can't even venture to guess how much money off of this rookie shoe deal, but we're talking tens of millions of dollars. He is going to make $100 million, or he will have $100 million in guaranteed contracts before he ever plays a game of NBA basketball. And you can't tell me that Duke did not play a role in that. You can't tell me that Duke did not play a factor in that. You cannot tell me that college basketball wasn't important to that. And what's interesting to me, what I want to see going forward, does this change kind of the narrative with college basketball? Because for years, it's been exactly what I've been saying. Oh, these kids should be able to go, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to yell and scream. I've done it four or five times. Everybody driving in the car is probably like, dude, shut up, stop screaming. But that's been the narrative for years. And look, there's always going to be the RJ Hamptons, the kids, the Darius Baisleys, the kids that, that just don't want to go to college, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I do wonder if the narrative is going to change a little bit about, wait a second now, these colleges are going to use you. They're going to put you on TV 30 times a game. You use them as well the way that Zion did. Because think about it. Think about everything that Zion, like, like Zion used college basketball in the right way. By the way, Trey Young a year ago used college basketball in the right way. Trey Young was probably a more known commodity going into the NBA draft than even DeAndre Ian, who ended up being the number one pick. Lonzo Ball used college basketball to his advantage a few years ago. And I have talked to parents kind of at these AAU high school events that, that they took notice of Zion. They really did. They really said, wow. This kid was definitely well-known before he got to Duke, but, but this is some different, it was some different level stuff when Zion got to Duke. And we, we've already talked about it, but look, Floyd Mayweather showed up to, to a Duke game this year. LeBron James showed up to a Duke game this year. Barack Obama showed up to a Duke game this year. And so I think there are parents out there that are sitting there saying, man, I see what Zion did. Good for him. He, he used Duke more than Duke used him. And shout out to him for that. I thought it was interesting. I, I saw an interview. I, I talked about the kid Imani Bates a few weeks ago. Imani Bates, of course, is the kid who's a freshman, just finished his freshman year in high school. All the big recruiting analysts are saying he's the best freshman they've ever seen. And they're saying, you know, potentially if they remove the one-and-done rule before the 2022 draft, that he'll be the number one pick, that he's the best high school player since LeBron, blah, 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 blah. But I saw, thought it was interesting that Imani Bates' own dad even said, like, hey, now wait a second, we saw what Zion did, we're actually thinking about reclassifying to go to college before the one-and-done rule gets changed because we saw what college basketball did for Zion's brand, why can't it do the same for us? Now, that doesn't mean that he will, he could go overseas, he could get money right away, all that stuff, blah, 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 you just never know. But I do find it interesting that I think parents really did look at Zion, they said, that kid made himself a lot of money. By the way, credit to Duke, credit to ESPN, credit to the NCAA tournament, CBS and Turner. Duke played in a lot of big games this year. They played in the Champions Classic against Kentucky. They played at Madison Square Garden against Texas Tech. They played in the ACC in the ACC tournament. And they played the, the, the eventual champion Virginia twice. And by the way, the second Virginia game when Duke beat Virginia at Virginia outrated the NBA game it was going up head-to-head -head against Rockets Thunder. So let's not forget about that. 
But I do wonder if this does change the paradigm a little bit because I do think that a lot of fans are sitting there, or a lot of parents, excuse me, are sitting there saying, you know what, this college basketball thing worked out pretty well for Zion, and maybe I wasn't all that gung-ho about sending my kid away to college for a year, but maybe now I will reconsider. All right, so one guy who isn't reconsidering is the guy who basically did the exact opposite, and that is, of course, R.J. Hampton. And I want to talk a little bit about him because, as I said, um, R.J. Hampton is kind of the opposite of Zion. He was the kid, of course, that probably about two months ago, I think it was sometime in June maybe, or was it, it must have been May, I think it was the end of May, he announced that rather than going to college, he was actually going to go overseas and play in Australia. That's the kid we're talking about. And so like Zion, so Zion signed his deal with Jordan Brand. RJ Hampton signed a contract last week with, I think it's called Lee Ning, I want to say, La Ning, Lee, Lee Nang, something like that. And he signed with a Chinese shoe company. And the deal is not that bad, all things considered. It is, it's leaning. Okay, so I was right on that. So according to everything that I've read, basically what you need to know about it is this, is that as long as he goes in the top 10 next year, he will be paid as though he's a top three or four pick. That basically, as long as he goes in the top 10 next year, which I think he will, we're going to get into it in a minute, he would have been among the four highest paid rookies in this year's class. And so when this came out, Oh my goodness, my Twitter mentions blew up. Oh my God, Torres, do you feel stupid? We told you, RJ Hampton, blah, blah, blah. He's going to Australia. He's proven you wrong. No, he's not. No, he's not. And then I got a lot of this. Oh, I see you're not commenting on this. This must mean that you know you're wrong. No, I don't comment on a lot of things. If I don't have an interesting opinion on something that I think people want to hear... I don't say it. And this, to me, isn't really that interesting. For the record, like to go back, and I know everybody that listens to this show knows this, I don't have any beef with R.J. Hampton. I want to start off with that. Like I said, I interviewed his dad a few times. I like his dad. I've talked to him once or twice, but never uh, talked to R.J. Hampton once or twice, but never in a super formal setting. I don't blame R.J. Hampton at all. My only beef with R.J. Hampton was that when he declared, he said that he believed that going to Australia was the best path to prepare him for the NBA. I said that's BS. I called him on his BS. The best path to prepare for the NBA would be to go to the G League for a year. G League has literally dozens and dozens of players who have played in the NBA who are going back and forth. You know, he'd be playing against NBA talent every single night. The NBL, the National Basketball League in Australia, has produced like four or five guys that have gone to play in the NBA. Andrew Bogut, Isaac Humphreys, who just signed a contract, our boy Torrent Craig. It's actually Tory Craig, but shout out to Torrent Craig. Like, I get it. The NBL's fine. It's nice. But don't tell me that's the best place to prepare you for the NBA. By the way, they play a 30-game season. He's going to play less games in Australia than he would in college. So don't tell me it's the best place. The best place is the G League. The best place is some of the elite European leagues. I don't think college is that bad, but I'm not going to argue that the G League is going to better prepare you for the NBA than college would. I will never argue that. I will never argue the top European leagues, but don't tell me the NBL is the best place. Now, if R.J. Hampton had said, look, I don't want to go to college. I want to get paid to play basketball. 
And I think that this is a logical path for me. I can go to an I, I, I don't have I can make more money than I would if I was gonna go to the G League. I can go to an English speaking country so I don't have to go to Europe where I don't know the language or China where I don't know the language. I can go to Australia where I know the language, they have a good program set up, and I think this is gonna help me get ready for the NBA. I would have had no problem with that. Because that's all factually correct. But to say that's the best path to get you ready for the NBA. It's just not true. Ask Torrent Craig. Stop. Don't tell me that. That's nonsense. And so everyone thinks I'm like anti-RJ Hampton. I don't. By the way, you know something else? Something else that I've said repeatedly on this show? I think RJ Hampton's actually going to be really good in Australia. I thought he was the best guard in high school basketball this year. And he was only technically a junior. I thought he was better than Cole Anthony. I thought he was better than Nico Mannion, who's going to Arizona. He outplayed Tyrese Maxey, who's going to Kentucky head-to-head. That's no knock on Cole Anthony or Tyrese Maxey or Nico Mannion. I just think R.J. Hampton's a real special talent. And by the way, you guys know me. If I don't think somebody's got the goods, I say it. Go back and read every tweet I ever sent. I never bought the hype on Markel Fultz. I never bought the hype on Brandon Ingram, who's a fine, he's a good NBA player. But people would say, he's the next Kevin. No, he's not. He'll be fine. He'll be a little bit better Rudy Gay. I never bought the hype on Brandon Ingram. I never bought the hype on Mo Bamba. Remember, oh, Mo Bamba might be the best player in this draft. No, he's not. Stop. Never bought the hype on any of those guys. Never bought the hype on Wendell Carter, who's not athletic enough to play. And he's fine. I never, and I'll tell you if I don't, go back and look at every tweet I ever sent about Markel Fultz. Never once said, oh, he's the best player in this draft. Never once. I think R.J. Hampton might be the best player in the 2020 NBA draft. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. I think he's going to do so well in Australia, I think it's going to screw it up for other people. I think there's going to be high school kids who watch him in Australia this year and say, man, he was really good. He balled out. And they're going to be like, I can do that. And they can't because they're not R.J. Hampton. I think R.J. Hampton might be the number one pick in the next draft. I think he might be the best player in this draft. I think he was the best guard in high school basketball last year. So don't tell me I don't like R.J. Hampton and I'm rooting against him. I'm not. But also, this nonsense that I'm somehow, oh, you're, you're awfully quiet over there. No, I'm not. I don't have anything to say. This isn't, to me, this isn't really news. You know why? Because basically everybody that has ever gone pro straight out of high school, starting once they put the one and done rule in place in 2006, basically all those guys have gotten shoe deals. Brandon Jennings went overseas a decade ago, got a shoe deal. That means that RJ Hampton isn't news. Emmanuel Moutier went to China, got a shoe deal. R.J. Hampton is the news. Darius Baisley didn't even play basketball last year. All he did was work out, and he got a shoe deal. So don't tell me this is some earth-shattering thing that totally proves you're wrong, Torres, and you have no idea what you're talking about. Dude, stop. This is my job. Of course I know what I'm talking about. You don't have to agree with every single word I say. As a matter of fact, I would be upset if you did. That would concern me a lot because then I'd probably be kind of boring. But don't tell me this. Oh, this this is proof. It's not proof. Where's the mellow ball shoe deal? I know the big baller brand's in turmoil right now. You'd think somebody would swoop in and offer him a shoe deal if there was that much value to be made for a high school player. How about Terry Armstrong, the kid that was supposed to go to Arizona? He's going overseas. Where's his shoe deal? And maybe they'll get him. And yeah, they're paying RJ Hampton like he's a top five pick. Because he probably will be a top five pick. That's a smart investment. Good for RJ Hampton. 
He's not going to make $100 million before he ever plays a game in the NBA like Zion Williamson will. But he'll make, you know, whatever he ends up making, he'll make maybe half of that. He'll make maybe $20, 25000000 million off that shoe deal. And oh, by the way, here's another thing with R.J. Hampton, to go back to the Zion Williamson stuff. Had R.J. Hampton gone to college basketball next year, had he played the way that I think that he was capable of playing next year, I think there's a chance that he might have gotten the biggest shoe deal in next year's draft class. Now, he wouldn't have gotten Zion money. Nobody's going to get Zion money. I don't think anybody for the next 10 years is going to get Zion money. It's been, uh, what is it, 16 years since LeBron came out of high school. Nobody's even come close to him since. Zion is the closest. So I don't think anybody's going to get Zion money next year. But R.J. Hampton could have gotten potentially better money than he got now. So don't give me this big thing about, oh, this, this proves you're wrong doesn't prove anything it proves that RJ Hampton is part of the same trend that has been the case since high school players started going overseas a decade ago Brandon Jennings got a shoe deal Manuel Moutier got a shoe deal Darius Baisley got a shoe deal and now RJ Hampton got a shoe deal and good for him he's getting paid he's doing what he wants I would never criticize I never have criticized I criticized what he said when he signed the deal and I will be a little critical in the sense that I think if he had gone to college basketball played one year he could have got a bit better deal next year but that's not what he wanted he wants to get paid now so good for him but enough enough of you Australian people by the way if you Australian people are still coming after me had somebody call me Aaron not Aaron Torres Aaron torn ass they didn't they didn't they thought that was pretty clever so Australians are still coming after me I still got beef Shout out to Torrent Craig. We'll have to get some shout out to Torrent Craig t-shirts printed up here uh, to show the love for the NBL coming up. So, all right, a couple quick things I do I want to talk about before I wrap up. For a slow season, this is kind of a good episode. I feel like I got a lot on my chest. I feel like I got a lot to say. I'm just squashing the haters like cockroaches. They come at me, and I just step on them, and I squish them into the ground. Half of Australia I have to go after now. I don't want to be mad at Australia, but they keep coming after me. Good for R.J. Hampton. Go get paid, my friend. Best of luck. Tell these Australian people to calm down. Got to squash them all like cockroaches. All right. Last couple things here before we go. First of all, um, some updated college basketball odds. Okay? So, you guys know I talk a little gambling on this show. And last week, Caesars and I think DraftKings came out with some updated college basketball odds in terms of the odds to win the national championship next season, so the 2020 national champion. And what I'm going to do over the next couple minutes, I'm not going to spend a ton of time breaking down teams and rosters here in July because I don't think any of you guys care that much, but I will talk a little bit about some of the values that I think are out there and where I think you can make some money. And so I would start about this like I always do, right, is the money isn't on betting on the favorites. Everyone listening to this show knows that in some order, the favorites coming into next year are probably the four teams that are going to the Champions Classic. Michigan State, Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, in whatever order. I'm on mybookie.ag. By the way, if you want to bet any of these, go to mybookie, use the promo code TORRES on checkout. You get 50% off, you get a 50% sign-up bonus. That was st- That's still good from the NCAA tournament. Of course, I... I partnered with my bookie during the NCAA tournaments. That that promo code is still good. But in looking at the odds, like I said, those are the four teams that are the favorites. Virginia is up there too. Actually, Virginia is more of a favorite than Duke, according to my bookie, which is preposterous. 
I'm not a, I'm not I'm not as big on Virginia as everybody else and you know I've I put to bed my hatred of Tony Bennett for a long time listeners you guys know I was very anti Tony Bennett there for a while I love him now I don't want to say I'm his biggest fan but I'm like top three top five um, I'm on the Mount Rushmore of Tony Bennett fans I might get some T-shirts printed up uh, with, with with my face and his face together on Mount Rushmore I, I don't know point being I like Virginia but they are plus eight fifty right now which is preposterous which basically means that um, you're not going to win very much money if you bet on them. So Michigan State is the favorite right now, plus 650. Kentucky is 8-1, to one, which means that if you bet a dollar, you win eight. Not bad odds, but not great. You win, you bet $10, you win 80. Not, not bad odds, but not great. Duke is 9-1. to one. Kansas is 13-1. to one. Out of all those kind of, um, you know, the, the the obvious favorites. I think Kansas is probably the best bet at thirteen to one. Memphis, by the way, twelve to one. I don't buy Memphis, and it's not a anti Penny Hardaway. I just think they got a lot of freshmen. They got a lot of new faces. They got a lot of mouths to feed. I think it's really, really, really hard um, to keep all of those guys happy, especially under the circumstances that they're all freshmen. None of them have ever been there before. It's really hard to win tournament games with freshmen. Ask Duke with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Ask Kentucky, who has been great in the tournament but has only, quote-unquote, only won one national championship. So I probably wouldn't bet all of those teams because I don't think the odds are very good. Now let's get into some of the teams whose odds I do like. First of all, you know, we got a lot of Kentucky fans that listen to this show. I would say Louisville at 25-1. to 1. I'm sorry, Kentucky fans. I like Louisville a lot. I really do. I've always liked Chris Mack. I know that he's never made a Final Four. It's been a, I, I don't know how often I... I know Tony Bennett just won a national championship in his first Final Four, so it can be done. Chris Mack, of course, has made the second weekend of the tournament a bunch when he was at Xavier. Uh, they made the Elite Eight three years ago, I think, in 2017. But I just like the makeup of this roster. Veteran guys, guys who have clearly been through some adversity with all the Patino stuff, the Scott, the David Padgett stuff. David Padgett, of course, friend of the Air Torres Sports Podcast. Um you know, Jordan Noir is back. I think Jordan Noir is probably the favorite to win the ACC Player of the Year. I like Stephen Enoch, former UConn player, down low. I really like their freshman, Samuel Williamson, who I think potentially could end up being a first-round uh, one-and-done type pick for them. Aiden Agehan, the big Irish Hulk, the man they call the Irish Hulk. If you haven't seen pictures of him, he's just a monster. He's like a Montrez Harrell or somebody like that. I actually really like Louisville, 25-1. to 1. I might make a little bet myself. Because I think what you're basically saying is, right, when you, when you make these bets, um, could Louisville win the tournament? If they played it 25 times, can they win it once? Absolutely. I think they would probably win it more than once. And so because of that, I think Louisville's a good bet at 25-1. to 1. Texas Tech at 28-1. to 1. Look, I, I spent a lot of time talking about Texas Tech on the last episode. But the one thing about Chris Beard, there is no one that I believe in college basketball that's better at just taking a bunch of random parts, right? I mean, it's one thing when you're Kentucky or Duke and you're bringing in five-star McDonald's All-Americans every year. It's another thing when you're Chris Beard and you got two junior college transfers, a four-year transfer that sat out, a couple grad transfers, a, a foreign kid. This kid played prep basketball and he was a two-star recruit. I don't think there's anybody at taking those random puzzle pieces and molding them together quite like Chris Beard. Um, this year, he he actually had a lot of recruiting late. He brought in two grad transfers, Chris Clark from Virginia Tech, TJ Holyfield from Stephen F. Austin, uh, Jemias Ramsey, the freshman, is the one I told you about, Davide Moretti. And I just think, look, you know, look, this is a team that lost their top, I think, five out of their top six guys last year. 
They end up going back to the. They end up going to the school's first Final Four this year. They basically lost, I think, five of their top seven. But I'm not going to bet against them, and I think it's I think it's conceivable that they could win the national championship, even though I wouldn't pick it. A um, couple others that I like. Where is the next team that I like? Oh, Maryland. So we've talked a lot about Maryland on this show. Maryland's 33 to one. I actually have Maryland, I think, in my top five to seven coming into next year. Maryland is really good. Now, the thing with Maryland that you have to understand, Mark Turgeon is not uh, what I would call, <laughs> you know, Mark Turgeon is not necessarily, um, you know, a guy that, that, people trust in big games, in big moments. This is a guy that, of course, since he's gotten to Maryland, they did make the Sweet 16 back in 2016, but I mean, he's been at Maryland since 2012, one trip to the second weekend. They've won one tournament game in the last three years, and so, you know, it would be a big leap, but for people who don't know about Maryland, they basically returned their whole team from last year, except for Bruno Fernando, who was an NBA draft pick. Um, Anthony Cowan is their point guard. He's a senior. He's a baller constant, steady. He's basically like a, a, a less publicized Cassius Winston. Same kind of player, not super athletic, but he just gets the job done. They got a bunch of really good guys on the wing at Maryland, Eric Ayala, Daryl Morsell, um, and they got a big guy down low, Jalen Smith, who's a former McDonald's All-American. And so you look at that roster, I think they have all the puzzle pieces. Now the question is, if you're going to bet them at 33-1, to 1, do they have the talent? Absolutely. Do you trust Mark Turgeon? That's another question altogether. But look, I'll be honest, and it pains me to say this. If Kevin Ollie can win a national championship, a lot of these guys can. <laughs> like, a lot of these guys can. Kind of in that same vein, Seton Hall at 60-1. to 1. Seton Hall at 60-1. to 1. Seton Hall basically returns everybody, including Miles Powell. For people who don't remember, Miles Powell was the guy who went off, went bananas against Kentucky at Madison Square Garden last year. He He, he legitimately could be the national player of the year. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. He could be the national player of the year. And then the question becomes, can he have a Shabazz Napier type NCAA tournament and carry that program to a national championship? Do I think it's going to happen? No, but at 60 to one, that means you bet $1, you win 60. You bet $10, you win 600. You bet $100, you win 6,000, if my math is correct. If it's not correct me, email me, Aaron Torres podcast questions. Hit me up on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. But I think that math is correct. So, I mean, you bet $100, you'll win six grand. Um, And I think it could happen. I think he could have a Shabazz Napier type, put the entire program on his back. Again, it comes down to whether you trust Kevin Willard or not, the head coach of the Seton Hall Pirates. Obviously, look, I think he's done good things at that program. I think it's been, he's been helped by the fact that they moved to the Big East without all of the football schools with Syracuse and Louisville. Like, I don't know if he could have survived if they were in that old Big East with, with, um, you know, with all those big, big time, um, you know, all those big time programs, Syracuse, UConn, who's obviously going back, Louisville, Pitt. You know, you look at, at his performance there, tied for 12th or 12th, 10th, tied for 13th. And then when they went to an all basketball school, they've now made four straight NCAA tournaments. During that stretch, they've only won one game though. And so that's the question. Kevin Willard, who I like, I think he's like a a B coach. I think he's fine. I don't think he's like, uh, you know, uh, John Wooden or anything. And that becomes the question is, do you trust Miles Powell uh, to put a team on his back and potentially win the national championship? Real quick, another team that I like, 
Baylor at 70 to 1. I mentioned this on the last podcast when I was talking Big 12 SEC Challenge. Baylor returns seven of their top nine scores from last year. They finished fourth in the Big 12. They made the NCAA tournament. They beat Syracuse in round one. They beat uh, they lost to Gonzaga in round two. But Baylor returns seven of its top nine guys. I think they're the third best team in the Big 12 behind Kansas and Texas Tech. And I know like Scott Drew gets criticized, but he's actually been pretty good as a coach. I mean, look, this is a guy that has made uh, – Two Elite Eights. He's made four Sweet Sixteens. So it's not as though the guy can't coach. He's never broken through to a Final Four. But like, I don't think it's inconceivable that Baylor at 70-1, to one, I think they're going to be a top 20 team all year. And if you're a top 20 team all year, that means you're probably a 3-4-5 seed. We've seen a lot of 3-4-5 seeds make the Final Four. Uh, we saw it this year. Auburn, 5 seed, made the Final Four. So it can be done. Uh, and Baylor's another team I like. Really quick, I'll wrap up with... Creighton and Washington at 90 to 1. So they're kind of different programs, but I don't think either, I don't think it's preposterous at 90 to 1 to bet them. So Creighton is kind of the opposite of Washington. Washington has really high end NBA one and done type talent. Isaiah Stewart, I think, might be the best freshman in college basketball this year. Big guy, monster down low, low post, dunks, throws you know what down. He's just a tough dude. Jaden McDaniels, of course, is the wing. He's quiet. He's cerebral, but he's a guy that can get buckets. But if you look at Washington, they also kind of return some key pieces at some key spots. Quade Green, the Kentucky transfer, will be eligible at point guard, so they'll have a third-year college player at point guard. They return some other guys on the wing, Naz Carter. I don't think it's inconceivable that Washington can win the national championship. I'm not picking it. I don't think it's inconceivable, though. Creighton is kind of the opposite. Creighton is a program that returns basically everybody. I don't know that they have an NBA guy on their roster, maybe Tyshawn Alexander, but they return, I think, six out of their top seven scores. They did miss the tournament last year. So again, I'm not predicting that Creighton is going to go from missed NCAA tournament to national champions, but at 90-1, to I don't think it's a bad bet. Again, you can get all those bets at mybookie.ag. If you want to make a wager, use the promo code TORRES at checkout you can get a 50% sign-up bonus, which basically means you get some free cash. I would also mention this. My buddy Rob Douster, NBC Sports, mentioned that if you live in New Jersey and you bet in New Jersey with DraftKings, apparently you get your you can make money back if the odds change. What I mean by that is this, is that Rob was telling me, or he wrote about it this weekend, that basically say you bet Creighton at 90 to 1. Say you just put down 10 bucks, whatever. And by the end of the season, they're 30 to 1 to win the national championship. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying let's just play a hypothetical. Rob said that the sports book will actually pay you the difference. So basically, they will pay you out the difference between 30 to 1 to 90 to 1 because they don't want you, they're, they're so worried about you hitting at 90 to 1 that they'd rather pay you a little bit to make sure that you don't hit big with that 90 to 1. So if you're in New Jersey, if you're in DraftKings, uh, it sounds like you can make some money just by betting these and hoping that they go down. That's all for the gambling element of this. And I'll wrap on this. So last week I talked a lot about um, Arizona. By the way, I'm fading fast. I, I was so busy and yelling at Australians that I, I've lost my energy here. But I want to wrap up really quick. Talked about some Arizona recruiting last week. This week I want to talk some Kentucky recruiting. Kentucky signs BJ Boston, five-star player, originally from Atlanta, 
who will spend his senior year hanging out with me in L.A. at Sierra Canyon High School. He's, of course, going to that Sierra Canyon powerhouse, Zaire Williams, who's a top 10 uh, senior along with Brandon Boston. Um, Taryn Frank, who is a top 100 player. Dwayne Wade's son, Zaire, who's, I think, like a top 100, 150 player. Bronny James Jr., LeBron James Jr. is there. Amari Bailey, who's one of the top players in 2022. So it's a loaded roster. But this isn't a high school podcast. I'm not going to break down, you know, high school depth charts or whatever. But BJ Boston, huge commitment for the Kentucky Wildcats. And if you follow the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast Instagram page, I did do a little reaction when the commitment went official. But I love it. And I love it for so many different reasons. First of all, it's ironic that we had Tyler Hero on this show last week because I... B.J. Boston, I don't know that he's as good of a pure scorer as Tyler Hero. At least not right now. He just finished his junior year of high school. But he's in that same mold. He's 6'6", 6'7". He's a wing. He's long. He's athletic. He can score at all three levels. Again, he reminds me of a Devin Booker, a Tyler Hero type. I'm not saying that he'll be as good, but I certainly think he can be. He is currently ranked, I think, the 10th best player, 24-7 composite. I've seen all these guys. I think B.J. Boston's a top five guy. I don't think it's inconceivable that by this, uh, by the end of his senior season, that he could be a top five player in this class, and I just think it's huge for Kentucky. So first of all, first big puzzle piece, and with Kentucky, it's always hard to say how a guy projects into a lineup because you just don't know who's going to be back and who's not going to be. Khalil Whitney could be gone by next year. Ashton Hagens will probably be gone by next year. What about Emmanuel Quickly? What about Nick Richards, EJ Montgomery? We don't know who's going to be there and what it all means, but what I can tell you about BJ Boston is this. Like I said, elite three-level score. Didn't shoot the ball great this summer, but historically, statistically, he's been a pretty good three-point shooter. Guy that can get into the lane, get buckets in the lane, can score at the rim. But I will tell you why this is so big. Because he is one of these guys. He is very much respected within kind of the high school basketball community by other players, right? There are guys, you know, there are guys that are like, they're good, whatever. And then there are guys that other kids gravitate to. Like RJ Hampton was a kid that other kids gravitated to. They, they, they you know, you want to be around RJ Hampton. James Wiseman, I think, to a large degree, is a kid that other kids gravitated towards in the 2019 recruiting class. Zion Williamson, obviously, in the 2018 recruiting class. And so I bring that up because this is where I think Brandon Boston, BJ Boston, his most important, the most important aspect of him going to Kentucky is this, is that I do believe that he is going to be the linchpin of a big time recruiting class at Kentucky. Now, look, I don't claim to be a recruiting expert. I'm not Evan Daniels. I'm not Corey Evans. And I always want to make sure that, you know, I mention them a lot because I so respect what they do. Those guys are on the road 300 days a year really scouting, really evaluating players. I don't claim to know as much as them. I never would say that I do. But I do think that in talking to guys like them and talking to the people that I trust and the sources behind the scenes in AAU basketball, and I obviously spent a lot of my summer at AAU events, what I can tell you about BJ Boston is he's the kind of guy that other guys want to play with. I thought it was interesting. Jalen Johnson, who's committed to Duke, top five player in this class, even came out and said, man, you know, BJ's a fun player to play with. I wish I had the chance to play with him in college. And so I bring that up because I think he is a linchpin for a very big class because he's a kid that other kids want to play with because they know he's a smart player, moves well without the ball. 
He's not selfish. He's a winner. He's going to help your team win. He's a good teammate. And so I don't know exactly what it means for Kentucky. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and predict this kid's coming and that kid's coming. But B.J. Boston plays with one of the top point guards in the country. His name's Sharif Cooper, who it seems like it's down to Auburn and Kentucky. Auburn seems to be the favorite, but it wouldn't shock me if he wanted to play with B.J. Boston in college. Joshua Christopher, another kid out here in L.A., um, supposedly really, really uh, is uh, serious about Kentucky. He's got Kentucky in his Final Five along with UCLA, Michigan, Missouri, and I'm blanking on the fifth one. But I think everyone thinks that right now Kentucky's Arizona State's the fifth one. He's got some family ties to ASU. He's got some family ties to Missouri. But I think most people think Kentucky is the the, the team there. Jalen Green, top five player. It's down to either basically – it's not down to, but it's either going to be Memphis or Kentucky, it seems like. But Brandon Boston, having that linchpin, having that guy is so huge because he's the guy that other guys want to play with. And so you look at Brandon Boston – and you look at this Kentucky recruiting class, and I think he can be the James Wiseman of this class. And what I mean by that is Penny Hardaway signed the number one recruiting class in the country last year. But none of that happens if he doesn't get James Wiseman. Talk, people talk about, well, Penny played in, in the NBA and he's an NBA all-star. That's all true. And I've talked to parents about this. Like Penny has a real presence on the recruiting scene. Mike Miller has a, a real presence on the recruiting scene. But the reason that Memphis signed the number one class isn't because of Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller. It's because James Wiseman was the linchpin. James, once James Wiseman got on board, keep in mind, Penny didn't have any of these guys until James Wiseman got on board. Then he got Precious Achua. Then he got Lester Quinones. And all the big names, then he got Boogie Ellis, they all came to Memphis after James Wiseman. And so I think that B.J. Boston can be that guy. Because he's a guy that other kids are going to want to play with. Like I said, good teammate, moves without the ball. He's a winner. He can score at all three levels. And I just think he could be the guy that really pieces this together. Because you look at Kentucky's previous classes, they haven't always had this guy. Sometimes it's been till really late in the process before they get their first commitment. Now, last year, they got Tyrese Maxey early. He recruited Khalil Whitney, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know that they've had a guy quite like B.J. Boston this early in the recruiting process in a long time. I just think it's such a monumental recruiting win for Kentucky. And look, talking about a recruiting win for Kentucky is like talking about a recruiting win for Duke or for Arizona. They get them a lot, right? But I do think this one's important. I do think this one's different. And I do think he can be the linchpin that puts together a great recruiting class. All right. I somehow just did 50 minutes solo. I'm a freaking rock star, man. I'm incredible. I don't know how I do it. Shout out to me. Shout out to Torrent Craig. I, I don't know how I do it, but I do it. I do it for you guys. I so very much appreciate all of you guys listening to these shows. The feedback's been incredible. Thank you to Wade. Thank you to YUB for the comments. And again, make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. If you've been doing it on the KSR feed, get over to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast feed. Do it on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. You can do it on podcast addict we are back on podcast addict i'm so excited i was actually really worried there because fun fact that's where i listen to my own show and i was afraid i couldn't i wasn't gonna be able to get it there anymore you can listen on TuneIn radio you can listen on spotify we are on spotify i don't know what that means because i don't have spotify but everyone seems to be happy about it also make sure rate and review the show much like way did much like YUB did. Five stars are welcomed. Five stars are encouraged. 
Um, follow on Instagram, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast. And of course, make sure if you have any questions, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Really fun show. I truly, genuinely enjoy all you guys listening, all you guys participating. We will be back later in the week. Again, shout out to my boy Torrent Craig. Sorry for going after all of Australia. I'll see you guys later this week.